The wind has grown cold. Creatures of the night stalk the shadows in the treeline. The sky is flecked with stars. Come, children, gather round and listen to a tale by the dancing fire. Welcome to the Story Circle. I am, as always, your humble storyteller. Today we bring you a tale from Portugal about a brave young man, his beautiful sisters, and a powerful enchantment. So, get yourselves comfortable, perhaps make yourself something to drink, and listen to the tale of what came of picking flowers. There was once a woman who had three daughters whom she loved very much. One day, the eldest was walking in a water meadow when she saw a pink lily growing in the stream. She stooped to pick the flower, but her hand had scarcely touched it when she vanished altogether. The next morning, the second sister went out into the meadow to see if she could find any traces of the lost girl, and as a branch of lovely roses lay trailing across her path, she bent down to move it away, and in doing so, could not resist plucking one of the roses. In a moment, she too had disappeared. Wondering what could have become of her two sisters, the youngest followed in their footsteps, and fell victim to a branch of delicious white jessamine. So the old woman was left without any daughters at all. She wept and wept and wept all day and all night, and went on weeping so long that her son, who had been a very little boy when his sisters disappeared, grew up to be a tall youth. Then one night he asked his mother to tell him what was the matter. When he heard the whole story, he said, "'Give me your blessing, mother,' and I will go and search the world until I find them. So he set forth, and after he had traveled several miles without any adventures, he came upon three large men fighting in the road. He stopped and inquired what they were fighting about, and one of them answered, My lord, our father left to us, when he died, a pair of boots, a key, and a cap. Whoever puts on the boots and wishes himself in any place will find himself there. The key will open every lock in the world, and with the cap on your head, no one can see you. Now our eldest brother wants to have all three things for himself, and we wish to draw lots for them. Oh, that is easily settled, said the youth. I will throw this stone as far as I can, and the one who picks it up first shall have the three things. So he took the stone and flung it, and while the three brothers were running after it, he hastily drew on the boots and said, Boots, take me to the place where I shall find my eldest sister. The next moment, the young man was standing on a steep mountain before the gates of a strong castle, guarded by bolts and bars and iron chains. The key, which he had not forgotten to put in his pocket, opened the doors one by one, and he walked through a number of halls and corridors, till he met a beautiful and richly dressed young lady, 
who started back in surprise at the sight of him, and exclaimed, "'Oh, sir, how did you contrive to get in here?' The young man replied that he was her brother, and told her by what means he had been able to pass through the doors. In return, she told him how happy she was, except for one thing, that her husband lay under a spell, and could never break it till there should be put to death a man who could never die. They talked together for a long time, and then the lady said he had better leave her as she expected her husband back at any moment, and he might not like him to be there. But the young man assured her that she need not be afraid, as he had with him a cap which would make him invisible. They were still deep in conversation when the door suddenly opened, and a bird flew in, but saw nothing unusual, as the youth had put on the cap at the first noise. The lady jumped up and brought a large golden basin, into which the bird flew, reappearing directly after as a handsome man. Turning to his wife, he cried, I am sure someone is in this room. She got frightened and declared that she was quite alone, but her husband persisted, and in the end she had to confess the truth. But if he is really your brother, why did you hide him? asked he. I believe you are telling me a lie, and if he comes back here, I shall kill him. At this, the youth took off his cap and came forward. Then the husband saw that he was indeed so like his wife that he doubted her word no longer, and embraced his brother-in-law with delight. Drawing a feather from his bird's skin, he said, If ever you are in danger, cry, Come and help me, king of the birds! and everything will go well with you. The young man thanked him and went away, and after he had left the castle, he commanded the boots to take him to the place where his second sister was living. As before, he found himself at the gates of a huge castle, and within was his second sister, very happy with her husband, who loved her dearly, but longing for the moment when he should be set free from the spell that kept him half his life a fish. When he arrived and had been introduced by his wife to his brother, he welcomed him warmly and gave him a scale from his hide, saying, If you are in danger, call to me, come and help me, king of the fishes, and everything will go well with you. The young man thanked him and took his leave, and when he was outside, he took the boots and told them to take him to the place where his youngest sister lived. This time, however, the boots did not carry him to a fine palace, but rather a dark cavern with steps of iron leading up to it. As the young man entered, he could hear echoes of weeping, and as he walked further into the cavern, he found his sister weeping and sobbing, and as she had done nothing else the whole time she had been there, the poor girl had grown quite thin. When she saw a man standing before her, she sprang to her feet and exclaimed, Oh, whoever you are, save me, save me from this horrible place! Then he told her who he was, and how he had seen her sisters, whose happiness was spoilt by the spell under which both their husbands lay. And she, in turn related her story. She had been carried off in the water meadow by a horrible monster.
who wanted to make her marry him by force, and had kept her a prisoner all these years because she would not submit to his will. Every day he came to beg her to consent to his wishes, and to remind her that there was no hope of her being set free, as he was the most constant man in the world, and besides that, he could never die. At these words, the youth remembered his two enchanted brothers-in-law, and he advised his sister to promise to marry the old man, if he would tell her why he could never die. Suddenly, everything began to tremble, as if shaken by a whirlwind, and the old man entered, and flinging himself at the feet of the girl, he said, Are you still determined never to marry me? If so, you will have to sit there weeping till the end of the world, for I shall always be faithful to my wish to marry you. Well, I will marry you she said, if you will tell me why it is that you can never die. Then the old man burst into peals of laughter. <laughs> you are thinking how you would be able to kill me. Foolish girl. To do that, you would have to find an iron casket which lies at the bottom of the ocean and has a white dove inside. Then... You would have to find a key to unlock the cask and release the dove, find the egg which the dove has laid, and bring it here and dash it upon my forehead. And he laughed again, for he was certain that no one had the casket, nor would be able to open it. When he could speak once more, he said, now you will be obliged to marry me, as you know my secret. But she begged so hard that the wedding might be put off for just three days that he consented and went away rejoicing his victory. When he had disappeared, the brother took off the cap which had kept him invisible all this time and told his sister not to lose heart, as he hoped in three days she would be free. Then he drew on his boots and wished himself at the seashore, and there he was directly. But the man knew he could not swim. But remembering what his brother-in-law had said, he drew out the fish's scale and exclaimed, Come and help me, king of the fishes! And his brother-in-law, in his form as a great fish, swam up and asked what he could do. The young man related the story, and when he had finished, his listener summoned all the fishes of the ocean to his presence. The last to arrive was a little sardine. I'm sorry for being late, said the sardine, but I hurt myself knocking my head against an iron casket that lay at the bottom of the sea. Quickly, the king ordered several of the largest and strongest of his subjects to take the little sardine as their guide and bring back the iron casket. They soon returned with the box placed across their backs and laid it down before him. The youth produced the magical key and said, Key, open up this box! And the key opened it, 
and though they were all crowding round, ready to catch it, the white dove vanished into the night, quicker than anyone could follow. It was useless to go after it, and for a moment the young man's heart sank. But then he remembered the words of his other brother-in-law, and drawing out the feather, cried, Come to me, king of birds! And a rushing noise was heard, and the king of birds perched upon his shoulder. What can I do for you, brother? he said. His brother-in-law told him the whole story, and when he had finished, the king of birds commanded all his subjects hasten to his presence. In an instant, the air was dark with birds of all shapes and sizes, and at the very last came the same white dove from the casket, who apologized for being late, saying that an old friend had arrived at his nest, and he had been obliged to give him some dinner. The king of birds ordered his swiftest subjects to show the young man the white dove's nest, and when they reached it, there lay the egg which was to break the spell and set them all free. When it was safely in his pocket, the youth took the boots to carry him straight to the cavern where his youngest sister was still awaiting him. This endeavor had taken him far into the third day, and the old man was preparing for the wedding. When the youth reached the cavern with his cap on his head, he found the monster urging the girl to keep her word and let the marriage take place at once. At a sign from her brother, the young girl sat down and invited the old monster lay his head in her lap. He did so with delight, and her brother standing behind her back passed her the egg unseen. Quickly she took it and dashed it straight on the monster's horrible head, and the monster started, stared deep into her eyes, and fell stone dead on the ground with a sound like a rumbling of an earthquake. As the breath went out of his body, the husbands of the two eldest daughters resumed their proper shapes, and sending for their mother-in-law, whose sorrow was so unexpectedly turned to joy, they had a great feast. And as for the youngest daughter, she was rich to the end of her days, with all the treasures she had found in the cave that had been hoarded by the great monster. By the Dancing Fire is a Forest Ghost production. Be sure to like By the Dancing Fire on Facebook, and if you liked what you heard, consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash bythedancingfire. For as little as $5 a month, you'll help us continue to produce content like this, and you'll gain access to perks like early access to episodes or extra episodes that no one else gets to hear. And if you donate at the highest tier, you'll have access to our monthly AMA, the Elders' Council, where you can ask anything you want of the storyteller or the production team, or even request stories that you want to hear. Thank you very much, and tune in next week as we bring another story by the Dancing Fire.